This is Entrepreneurs The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success. Welcome back to Office Hours. It's time to turn up the heat and we're bringing in my favorite cook. No, no, it's not Bobby Flay. I'm sorry. It's Dane Cook, the incredible actor and comedian and inspirational speaker. Welcome to Office Hours, my friend. This is uh, fantastic. I, I'm looking at you guys and I feel like, is this a deposition? I guess I was in like a colorful outfit. They're like, you gotta turn, put black on. This is the blackout edition. Uh, I'm like, I have no blackout in Vegas and this wasn't really what I had in mind. But Bob Manry is coming on next, so we'll figure that out. Uh, you're not the right guest to talk about that. Uh, but you do have a new special uh, that is aligned uh, with one of my favorite things and it's above it all. And I would tell people that we can be above it all. And for you, Dane, what does above it all mean? Okay, well, before I even jump into that, I'm looking at myself here and I'm realizing I look like I'm an abandoned Toys R Us compared to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so this, looks like, this looks like where they store all the rest of the props from films in Hollywood. <laughs> so good. I like the shark. I do. I got to admit, I like the shark in the back. <laughs> I, well, I, and I, I would re be remiss if I didn't say, David, it's a pleasure to share time with you again. And uh, hello to everybody on the dais, I guess. It seems as though I'm in a friar's room or something here. Uh, above it all is the latest special that I put out last year with the uh, legendary director, Marty Culliner, who I was uh, over the moon to work with uh, not once, not twice, but, but three times in capturing what is at that moment three decades of doing stand-up comedy. It's it's pretty wild to think I'm the old bull on the hill now, uh, even though I still feel like the young Turk when I get the mic in my hand. Dan, I've got a question for you. Quiet, okay, shoot. quiet, introverted, shy, and then you've got us rolling here already. I mean, nobody's gonna buy that that used to be you. So what was it that allowed you to develop your confidence to move away from the attributes that you claim used to be you and then this person we experienced today? Somebody uh, about 20 or 30 years ago asked me, how, how can you stand up on stage uh, and not be afraid when you were so trepidatious uh, you know, in life, not being able to even leave the house to go to school some days without feeling an overwhelming uh, sense of dread, fear? And I, I answered, and I still answer, I was more afraid to continue to live like that person mm. than to experience what it might feel like to stand on stage in front of people and potentially fail or have a joke not go my way or a crowd not dig what I'm, you know, spitting. <laughs> but the reality was I, I really woke up one morning uh, as a teenager and made a, a proclamation, if, if I may, uh, a, a bit of a silent primal scream of like, let me out. I, I want to live life to the fullest. And I will live in the fear if that means um, going for my dreams and experiencing things outside of the very small parameters of the uh, anxiety and phobia that I was, um, you know, reveling in. Ben, ben, I think, copied. And, and <laughs> he, he asked you exactly what I was going to ask you. But I, so I, I feel like wanna, you're at Notre Dame again. No, <laughs> seriously. Um, I, I do want to compliment you on that, though, man, especially at a time right now when we talk so much about mental health and kids being bullied and all that kind of stuff in high school. It's kind of cool that you found this outlet as, as an introverted kid. Um, yeah, I'll ask you something different though, man. 
I'm, I'm thinking on my toes now. Thanks, Ben. You want my for, for the question? <laughs> when did you come up with, was there a point in your career, Dan? First of all, I'm a big fan, man. I, I've been watching you for 20 years, and, and we have some awesome guests on the show today. And I told David, Dane Cook, I want to be on that episode. So thanks, man, for being here. Um, was there a point in your career where you're like, okay, I, I've made it. I, I've gotten over that hump, and, and, and here we are. Or you always still have that in the back of your head that you're grinding. Yeah. It's a great question because on one hand, I could look at it and say the very first time I stepped on stage at Catch Rising Star in Cambridge, Massachusetts on a frigid night in 1991 would probably be by rights like the, 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 the moment where everything changed completely. If I had to look at, I guess, uh, from a career aspect, when Lauren Michaels called me uh, I was in a hotel in Vegas doing the Vegas Comedy Festival in 2005. And when Lorne Michaels called personally to say, your second comedy album is charting on the Billboard charts. And to me, that seems like a person that is truly in the zeitgeist. Would you like to come and host Saturday Night Live? I get chills even right now, like reliving the conversation. I fell on the floor. Like I sat right down on that hotel room floor because... That was the full circle dream. The kid in seventh grade that used to look at that um, stage and that show as potentially, I don't know if I looked at it as an escape as or more as maybe that's a safe haven where unusual people can feel okay together in comedy. Um, that was the moment for me that I thought, you know, if I do this and it goes great, and then somebody revokes my entertainment license six months later. I can always say I had this moment, and it, it defines me. I've also been a fan for a very long time. They almost didn't tell me that you were coming on, so I'd be surprised. So <laughs> I did. I got it out of everybody, though. So, Dane, here's my I'm question. So, by, the way, by the way, I'm so glad. By the way, thank you for saying that you're a fan. It's always strange when, like, one person down the line is finally like, me personally, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know who you are. I'm just here to find out. Yeah. I like his hair. Yeah, it's a good background, maybe. I don't know. Was he in Star Wars? <laughs> so, Danny, here's what I want to know, because, you know, in a world where a lot of people are trying to make it and find success in the thing that they love and they're passionate about and what they do, oftentimes there's judgment, maybe because of how they look, uh, their age, uh, maybe a reputation that they had, and they're not taken seriously. In your world where you lead with humor, I want to know were there times where you weren't taken seriously and how you overcame that? Oh, yes, absolutely. There were many moments where I felt like, as a comedian, I was being laughed out of the room. Um, because, you know, when you're a person who stands on stage and comes from your imagination, uh, people tend to feel whatever you're pitching them is fantastical. Um, otherworldly, you know, something that you can only maybe uh, live through pantomime with a, a mic in your hand. And so I think early in my career, I wouldn't say I felt like maligned, but I definitely felt uh, that people dismissed somebody like myself who had a few good ideas that I was making good on with a solid audience, you know, putting asses in seats, which used to be the modern version of, I guess, retention rates and, you know, <laughs> online analysis. They used to just be asses in seats. Um, but I certainly felt a lot of the time that I would leave those rooms and uh, full disclosure, I would call my mom after a lot of those bad, uh, uh, disappointing meetings where I'd just be kind of going back on the road someplace that, that maybe was uh, 
a tough, a tough road gig. And I would say, mom, I think ultimately I'm going to have to do this myself. And I found, I said that a lot at that middle part of my career. And I, I pass that on to people to this day. It's very difficult for other people to subscribe to your passion the way you believe in you. But people will respond when you can show them something tangible. Um, not everybody responds to the very detailed verbal description. Some people need to see it in motion before they can jump on and say, I think I can lend a hand or some support. Well, we've had a lot about health on these shows, Dane. And uh, all the studies that I've seen about happiness stem from a capability called laughter and smiling. Uh, and the superheroes, to me, always have been comedians. And some of them have been canceled these days. And some were only on albums, and we don't have record players to play the ones that I grew up on. Uh, but it is a healing gift to make people laugh. And what I love about, although you come from you know, your hit records and uh, butts in seats, and then to film and TV and Saturday Night Live, uh, what I love about you is your vision of how to still share happiness and laughter. Uh, and I hope to do more with all the new types of mediums with the retention rates and the analytics and whatever else they wanna do. But someday I, I can see Dane Cook filling up my office, not the office hours, but at SoFi Stadium with all types of technology and transmission and amplification across the world. So he can give a gift that very few can uh, at a very consistent rate, which is happiness and laughter. I just wanted to thank you for taking your time to share that laughter and happiness here with us. We all had to dress in black just so we didn't look too happy, but uh, thank you. I look forward to doing so much more with you and you're inspiring so many people that I do not want to allow all of us to not take uh, true, I think, credibility and awareness to the fact that you help so many people. You, you're planting seeds under trees of happiness that you'll never sit under. So thank you, Dane Cook, for coming on Office Hours. Thank you for always showing up for me personally, and I look forward to doing more. Thank you.